Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I'd just like to greet you all. This morning, my name is Reverend Andrew Branham. I'd like to say welcome. Good morning to you all who are joining us online, on Facebook and on YouTube, and who might watch later on on different platforms. Welcome. I'd like to first give honor to God for giving me life this morning. I'd also like to give honor to Pastor Bob, who has entrusted me today to bring forward the word in his absence. I'd like to honor my dad, Bishop Dr. C. Milton Granham, who's here with us this morning, and my mom, Dr. Hyacinth Bob Granham, who is watching us online, right along with you all. But I'm not done yet. There's some very, very, very important people here who I'd just like to shout out. My, my beautiful wife, Chavez. She has been everything in my life. She's the, the greatest gift that God could ever give me. And she's proven that over and over and over again. So I'd like to thank her for being here with us and, and just give her a shout out. She, she's she's the, the, the wind beneath my wings. And my children, uh, Andrew Jr. and Alexander and Ari, who are, you know, worshiping here with us. I, I think they're worshiping. I think their phones and iPads are out, but, but we can talk about that later. I'll give them a pass today. But I, I want to tell you about something I was thinking about. Uh, I, I saw a post on Instagram, and this is before I get into my message. I saw a post on Instagram, and there was a, a young lady who was all she was doing was, was cleaning her, her, her plants, cleaning her plants, just wiping them down. And she was talking about how she realized, in looking back over time at her plants, she was able to realize that in times in her life when she was depressed, her plants would die. And in times in her life when she was up and uplifted, her plants would thrive. And what I realized was that it's super important to pay attention to things around you in order to get a good idea of what's going on inside of you. That's, that's just a, a, a bonus. Pay attention to what's going on around you to get a good idea of, of what's going on inside you. And, and look back. Say, okay, this is, this is what happens when, I, when I'm down. This is what happens when I'm up. When I'm down, my, my house is a little bit messier. When I'm, when I'm up, it's everything spick and span. If I'm depressed, this is, this is here. When, I, when I'm up, this is here. Pay attention to what's going, around, going on around you because you have to know what predicament you're in. And you're the only person who can make that assessment. There's a movie that came out in, in 1998 it's called Belly. Belly is one of my favorite films. It was directed by Hype Williams. It starred Nas and DMX, who just happened to be my, my favorite rapper. Right? Hype Williams was a music video director, and so the, the, the lighting, the, the shots, the cinematography was just off the hook. It was, a, it was a special movie. The music was all that. I bought the soundtrack. I would bump it all the time. But the movie was about Two guys whose upbringing and criminal lifestyles had them stuck in the belly of the beast. Ever since they were kids, Sincere 
the character played by Nas, and, and, and Buns, the character played by DMX, they lived life close to the edge, doing whatever it took to survive. As adults, they, they build up their kingdom of crime and drug dealing. And throughout the course of the movie, Sincere, played by Nas, he comes to the realization that he's stuck in the lifestyle, that he's stuck in the belly of the beast, and he finds religion, and he creates a plan to, to, to move he and his family out of the belly. On the other hand, Buns, DMX's character, he just sinks deeper and deeper into criminality and, and faces serious prison time. The belly. As I talk to you today, the title of that movie came to mind in my preparation. Because so many times we find ourselves living in predicaments that we create for ourselves. In fact, wherever we are in life is a direct result of our choices. The decisions that we make have a direct impact on uh, a, a, an immediate impact or a long-term impact, or both. And it'd be nice to be able to say that we always do the right thing, right? It'd be nice to be able to say that we have the wisdom of Solomon and, and we apply that wisdom perfectly to everyday life. It'd be great to say that we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit all day long and we do everything that God instructs us to do. But the reality is that in our humanity, it's often uh, painfully difficult to follow simple and clear instructions from God. Not because the directive is, is difficult, but often it's simply because we want to do something else. There may be different reasons why we choose to do something else, but at the, the bottom line is that when we choose to disobey what God is saying to us, it's also because we're choosing to do something else instead. And in those moments, we find ourselves what I like to call today the belly. The title of my message today is Belly. In the Bible, the book of Jonah says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He said, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. He said, I want you to arise. I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a city known for brutality, known for, for, for bloodiness, known for robbery. He said, I want you to arise, and I want you to go to Nineveh. I mean, some, have you ever gotten an, an instruction that you just weren't comfortable with? I mean, I, I can't completely fault Jonah. Nineveh wasn't a nice place. So if he's telling you to rise and go there, that means you have to actually step foot in this place. I've, I've gone to, I, I, I do real estate, and I'm going to look at certain properties, and I get the address, and I say, uh, I don't know if I want to go there. I know what goes on around there. I know it's, it's, it's kind of rough. Maybe I, I'll look for something in a, a better area. Jonah was saying, I know this place, and I don't want to go there. They don't even deserve to be saved. They don't even deserve mercy. I don't want to go there. So what he did, it says that he arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. 
He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He thought that that city was so wicked that he didn't even want their God's mercy to fall upon it. In fact, what he was planning to do was go the opposite direction, so far away that it would be impossible for God to bring him back to save the city. He was disobedient to direct instructions from God, but the bottom line is that he had his reasons. He had his reason to disobey God. He had his reason to not follow through with what God had called him to do. He had his reason to, do what, to not do what God commanded him to do. He had his reason to make a different choice. Disobedience just doesn't take place in a, a, a vacuum. It happens for a reason. We have reasons that we do the things that we do. And we also have reasons that we don't do the things that we should do. And, and unless you're one of my kids, though, um, if you're one of my kids, then you probably don't have reasons. I, I, I tell them, uh, why did you hit your brother? Uh, no reason. Uh, how come you didn't do your homework? Uh, no reason. How come you didn't clean up your room like I asked you to? Uh, no reason. We, we, we try and do that, but at the end of the day, everything that we do is for a reason. Jonah went down to Joppa to run away. He says he, he brought a boat ticket to Tarshish that is in the other direction to run away. The Bible says that he gets on the boat to run away from the presence of God. He said, I'm going to run from the presence of God. What I realize is that we can never run from God. God is everywhere. He's, he's, he sees everything. He knows everything. He's, he's everywhere. But we can run from his presence. And we run from the presence of God when we run away from the instructions and the commandments of God. Jonah decided to run from God and the directives that he gave him. When you decide to be disobedient to what God tells you to do, you're running from his presence. You may think that God, he, he, he still got me, and he does, but you're running from his presence. And whenever we run from the presence of God, we find ourselves in the belly. The Bible says that Jonah got on the ship. Two things happened when he got on the ship. The first thing that he did was he went to the lowest parts of the ship. It wasn't good enough for him to be on the ship. He wanted to hide even, even more. Whenever we're in disobedience, we tend to like to hide, right? Whenever we're not doing the right things, whenever God tells us to do something, we, we tend to, to like to hide. Whenever we're in disobedience, we, we feel exposed in his presence. Adam and Eve, they, they ate from the, the fruit of the tree, and their eyes were open, and they, they realized that they were naked. And when God came around, they hid. That's what we do. 
We hide from his presence. So he goes down into the, the lowest parts of the ship. And sometimes we like to refer to the lowest part of the ship as the, the belly of the ship. And he doesn't just go down there, but he goes to sleep. He said, I'm going to go and get comfortable in the lowest part of this ship, in the belly of this, in the belly, I'm going to get comfortable. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to get some rest. In the vehicle of his disobedience, he sought a comfortable place to sleep. By nature, as human beings, we, we seek comfort, right? We do. I like to be comfortable. I don't like to be too hot. When we get too hot, what do we do? We turn on the air conditioner, right? So that we can be comfortable. We get too cold, what do we do? We turn up the heat so we can be comfortable. If you're uncomfortable, whatever it is that will provide you with comfort, you will do. Jonah did the same exact thing. God gave him a directive that, was, that he was uncomfortable with. And so he went the opposite direction and his response was to do something that he was comfortable with. I'm going to go that way. God said go this way, but I'm going to go that way. In fact, what he did, God said arise and go to Nineveh, right? And he followed the first part of the instruction. He arose, but then he went the opposite direction. Sometimes we, 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 we do this, right? I can imagine Jonah in, in 2021. Jonah the prophet, 2021. Are we in 2021 now still? All right. Some, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep track. I lost the whole year last year. But Jonah's in 2021, right? And he's a prophet. He's a traveling prophet. He's a, he's a, a traveling minister. And so he, God tells him to get up and go this way, and he gets up and goes the other direction. In fact, he goes down to Joppa. He says, you know what, I'm going to Miami. It's a little bit comfortable down there. And he goes down there, and he, he, he gets on a boat. And the first thing I can imagine him doing when he gets on the boat is he takes out his phone, and he takes a selfie, and he posts a picture to his Instagram page, you know, Jonah four books. His Instagram page, and he, he, he posts a picture, and the caption says, Yacht Life. Right? He's a traveling minister, so he says, on the move again. Hashtag ministry life. Because the funny thing is this. Then he goes down into the belly of the boat, he puts his feet up, takes another picture, posts it to his Facebook page. Hashtag resting on the water. Because this is what we do, right? When God tells us to do one thing and we do something else, not only do we try and make it comfortable for us, but we also try and validate it. Jonah wasn't living in, in 2021. He didn't have the benefit of social media that can make you appear as something you are not, right? So even when you're in disobedience, you can fake the fuck online and sometimes that's even good enough for you. If people think I'm obedient, then that's good enough. I can, I can, I can take a picture and take a screenshot and make sure everything looks good. 
I can imagine Jonah trying to do that. We try to communicate with the world that we're doing the right thing, that we're on the right path, even though we know that we're running. We create a, a false sense of mission. I know what God told me to do, but I'm going to find another mission that is, is just as great, that is just as impactful. I'm going to try and do my thing because for whatever reason, I'm not comfortable with doing what God told me to do. I'm not comfortable being obedient. We always have a reason. Sometimes it's a good reason, right? Sometimes it's a good reason to do something else. I had a conversation with my dad yesterday, and we, he, was, he was sitting and relaxing, and I came, and I, I saw him, and we started talking. He and a friend of mine, and he was talking about his time when he was given an opportunity to become the dean of the Graduate School of Education at Temple. At the time, he's, he's making $9,000 a year as a pastor. With, with five kids, right? $9,000 a year. And I, I, I said, you know, that would have been a, a, a lucrative position. You would have been able to stay and retire in the education system. You'd have got tenure. You'd have been able to write your books and go beyond even the school. You would have been able to set up a life for your family and provide stability, especially at a time when you weren't making that much money, especially at a time when, when there was struggle. And he said something to me, and I had to write it down. He said, I don't want what I enjoy to compete with what I'm called to do. He enjoyed teaching. He enjoyed education. He enjoyed learning. He enjoyed teaching people how to teach and how to think and how to understand. Those are things that he was comfortable with, things that he enjoyed, but he said, I don't want what I enjoy to compete with what I'm called to do. We try and become... Uh, we, we create a different sense of mission. It's a good reason to provide for your family. It's, it's a good reason to do what God, in our minds, as we reason with our, 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 in our humanity, we say it's a good reason I have to provide. I can't, I can't take care of, of what God said to do. I can't follow that mission. I have bills to pay. I have to take care of my family. It's a good reason to be disobedient. Sometimes God calls us to people who have hurt us. Sometimes we're, we're so worried about how we're going to provide to our, for ourselves. Sometimes God calls us to ministry, and we don't even want to be associated with church folks. So we go the other way. We try and seek success elsewhere and seek validation elsewhere. We try to seek what's comfortable elsewhere because we're with, uncomfortable with what God tells us to do. The second thing that happened when Jonah got on the boat is that a storm came. He got comfortable. He went to sleep in the belly of the ship, and while he was asleep, the Bible says that God sent a great storm. 
hell was breaking loose around him. And he didn't even know it. He was asleep in the middle of the storm. Imagine all hell breaking loose around you. Your family members are going through it. Your coworkers are going through it. Your friends, they don't even like you no more. And the whole time, you're just oblivious. You think everybody else is tripping. You're just fine, you're comfortable. You don't see any problem. Why? Because you're in the, the, the belly, in the middle of the storm. You're the cause of it. You're in the eye of the storm, literally. The storm is raging around you. The, the, the eye of the storm is the calmest part of the storm. It's the calmest part. It's always calm in the eye of the storm. And when you're in disobedience, sometimes when you're in the belly on the ship, and you can get comfortable, and you can do something that, that is equally as great. Maybe I'll go to Tarshish and preach instead. Sometimes you don't realize that the storm is still raging around you. Nobody around you can take it anymore. It was so calm for him that he didn't even realize what was happening around him. But he was still in the belly of the ship. The captain of the ship came and they, they got him and they said, how are you sleeping through this? You must be the reason. We've all been praying to our gods. You, you, must, you have to pray to your God. Jonah responded, he didn't even pray. He said, I was supposed to go here and I'm being disobedient, so just throw me over the, into the water and, and it'll be calm. He could have said, I'll pray to my God that the storm stops and that we can go and I'll, I'll be obedient. He said, I'd rather die than go and do what God told me to do. He said, just throw me overboard. I'm not even going to pray. Imagine he's the, he's the prophet, right? And everyone else is praying. And he forgets that, he forgets how to pray. He forgets that he can do that. So they threw him overboard, right? And the sea became calm. And they worshiped God. And you might at times find yourself losing friends, losing influence, People are talking about you, you're losing opportunities. And some preachers, you might go online and the preacher will say, oh, they're they hating on you because God's about to show up in your life. They hate you because they ain't you. Nah, baby. They're not hating on you because the blessings are about to come. They're hating on you because it's a little too stormy around you. It's a little too stormy. Every time they get around you, something happens. There's always disagreement. There's always misunderstanding. Whenever you come around, and you never notice it, you never realize that you might be the problem. But these are things that happen when you're out of alignment with the will of God. Sometimes you can't see it, but the folks around you can. They're not hating on you. There's just too many waves. There's too much wind. In your disobedience, you become comfortable in the belly of the ship. And then you might have to take a Jonah journey. You might have to get tossed overboard. 
He got tossed overboard and he got swallowed, the Bible says, by a great fish. So now, this Jonah who was disobedient, who went against the will of God, he jumped into the belly of a ship to hide from God's presence. The storms came. He slept through them. He was still a little comfortable. It, wasn't, it didn't hurt that bad. It hurt the people around him, but it didn't hurt him that bad. And now he's in another belly. And this is a different belly. This is the belly of, 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 a, of a fish. And now it's a little bit more uncomfortable. Now he can't breathe. Now he's gasping for air. Now there's seaweed and, 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 and water, and, and it's uncomfortable. And whenever you are out of alignment with God's will, whenever you're in rebellion to, to God, whenever you are in disobedience to God, whenever you don't do what God has commanded you to do, at first it might be a little comfortable, but then it's going to get really uncomfortable. Sometimes that discomfort is, 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 is meant for a reason. It's the, belly's, the fish's belly is the place where food gets digested. So that's the place that breaks you down literally. The Bible says Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. That wasn't meant as a means of transportation by itself, but that was a place where he was broken down. It brings you to, you, to your knees. It, it brings you into submission. Three days and three nights, the word said. And then Jonah chapter 2 starts by saying this. Then Jonah prayed to God from the fish's belly. You mean to tell me that Jonah, a prophet of God, couldn't pray on a ship, get swallowed by a fish? Three days, day one. Nighttime, day two, nighttime, day three, nighttime, and then he decides to pray. And then he decides to pray. You remember, he was fleeing God's presence altogether. He didn't even want to talk to him. He said, I'm going to hide from God. Whatever he has planned for Nineveh, let it happen but he's not going to find me. But it took three days for him to, to realize and, and come broken down to the point where he realized that he has to pray. And he says, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice. Sometimes we have to get to the belly before we cry out to God. Sometimes it takes a belly experience before we're able to cry out to God. Sometimes things are cool, things are comfortable. You know what I mean? Uh, family's fed, we're eating well. Nice car, we get to go on trips. Kids are doing well in school. And it's comfortable, but you're still in rebellion. And then God shifts your whole predicament and allows you to get uncomfortable so that you can submit to what he wants you to do. I mean, 
I tell my children sometimes, look, go, clean up the basement. I, I, I used to have a man cave. I had a man cave for about uh, two weeks. And it was, it was straight man cave, two weeks. Furniture, big screen TVs, I had my friends over. We watched the game once. We played cards down there, we talked, we chilled, we relaxed. Two weeks, and then they took over. So I don't have a man cave anymore. I don't even know, I don't even go down, I'm afraid to go down there. But every once in a while I go down there and I, I tell them, look, clean this place up. And then I go back upstairs. And then when I come back down later, it, it's, it's even worse than it was in the beginning. And I say, clean, if they don't know that I'm coming back to inspect, then they won't do anything. But when they, when they know that I'm coming back to inspect, when they, when they know that my presence is going to return to that basement, then they get to cleaning. And you'll hear them down there telling each other what to do and, and yelling and, and screaming and fighting, trying to get the place cleaned up. And my oldest son will come up huffing and puffing, saying that the other ones aren't doing anything. And I say, just work it out. I just want the place clean. However y'all figure it out, figure it out. But because of my presence, they know that this place better be clean. We flee from the presence of God because it exposes us. It exposes us. Jonah, after three days and three nights in the belly, he prays for repentance. He submitted to the plan of God. I wonder what, if, what would have happened if he prayed the first day. Maybe he would have got dropped off the first day. Bible says the belly, the, the, the fish spit him out on dry land. Took him right back to his destination. Right back to the place where he was disobedient in the first place. It took that long for him to be broken. Could have happened on day one. It could have happened when he was on the ship. But it took three days in the belly for him to submit, for him to come to his senses, for him to be broken to the point of submission. For him to exhaust all the other ways that he could get out of the fish. Maybe he had an idea, maybe I'll, I'll tickle something here, maybe the fish will cough me up. I'll do whatever I can try to not do what God told me to do to not repent, to not submit to his will. It took that long for the alternate mission to vanish. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 11, you will show me the path of life. Your presence, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Whenever we run from the presence of God, and we run from the plan that he's given us. We run from joy. You want to you lose peace? Run from his presence. You want sleepless nights? Run from his presence. Peace is in his presence. Life is in his presence. 
If you want to lose the abundant life, keep running. If you want to lose peace, keep running. Took Jonah three days to stop running. How long has it taken you? Three days? Three weeks? Three months? Three years? 30 years? How long has it taken you to realize that you can't run from his presence? How many sleepless nights have you had with God's call burning in your heart, waking you up in the middle of the night? See, whenever you run, there's another R word that follows. It's called regret. Because you regret, the, you regret the things that you didn't do. You regret the, the opportunities that God called you to that you missed or that you think you missed. How long before you repent? How long before you obey God? Sometimes we just have to stop and take an assessment and look around and see where we are. The same way she had to, in the beginning of the message, the young lady had to look around and look at her plants to see that they were experiencing a storm, or, or, or maybe not. But we have to look around to assess our predicament and ask ourselves if we're living in the belly or if we're living in abundance. We have to ask ourselves whether we become comfortable on the run from the will of God. Jonah finally went to Nineveh. He did what God told him to do. The people repented. God showed mercy on them. They repented. God showed mercy on them. He wasn't a... Uh, uh, uh. Jonas was prof Jonah was prophetic in his acts. He was called to a rebellious city, a wicked, a wicked city. And his response to that call was to rebel. His response to the call to a rebellious people was to rebel. What do you do when you get called to people you don't like? When, it, when they're too wicked. When, when they've done too much, when, 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 they've, when they've been involved in all types of things, what do you do when you call the people and, and you, you think they're too gay? Huh? You think God doesn't call all of us? You think God doesn't speak to all of us? He said, this rebellious city, I want you to go there. So are we going to the ones who we're afraid to go to? Or are we picking and choosing our own missions? God said do this, but ah, uh, we're not going to do that. But we're going to reach out to the children. We're going to reach out to the homeless. But we're going to miss the, 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 the homes with gay youth. We're going to miss the, those who are in prison, those who are suffering from diseases, 
We're going to pick and choose which, which missions and which directives and which call. We're going to choose the ones that we're comfortable with. Jonah went, he walked through the city. He said, in 40 days, God's judgment is going to fall upon you unless you repent. And on the first day, word got back to the king. And he made everybody repent. He made the animals repent. They called upon God. They submitted to God. And God said, I'm going to show mercy on them because they repented. Jonah could have done anything. He could have gone, he could have said, I'm not going to do it. I'm still not going to do it. I'm out the, I'm out the fish, and I'm still not going to go. But that one act saved the city, a great city. It was a great city for that time. His one act of obedience, even in the face of all his disobedience, it doesn't matter how far, you, how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how, 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 how steeply you've slidden back. The moment you rise up and repent, and begin to follow the will of God, God will restore and remind you of the call that he's given to you. He'll remind you of it. We, we try and do whatever we want to do. There are people whose lives are waiting for you to change. There are books that are waiting that God has placed in you. And, you, and you're not writing them because you're uncomfortable, because you don't think that anybody's going to read it. You mean to tell me that God has placed words in your spirit and you're not going to write them down because you don't think that people will buy it? God's placed songs in you. He's called you to, to start churches. He's called you to change lives. It's bigger than you. Your discomfort is bigger than you. You may not be feeling what he's telling you to do, but it's bigger than you. Lives are at stake, including yours, including those of your family, including those of your friends. One man saved the whole city. Who knows what you can do once you do what God has called you to do. The Bible says that there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel is what will stand. The Lord's words, the answer of the tongue. We got many plans, but the only thing that stands is his word. God's plans are bigger and greater than yours. His agenda is more important than your discomfort. Before he formed you, he knew you. And he called you. Before you were even born, he called you. So you think that because you were disobedient for three days, for three years, for three months, that what he put in you before you were born is no longer there? You think you're going to lose the call because you didn't step out when he told you to? 
The Bible says that the, the gifts and callings are irrevocable. What God has placed in you is in you. His call is not like a, a, a phone call that you miss. I left me a message, but my mailbox was full, God. I didn't get it in time, so now I lost it. It doesn't work like that. Because when God calls, he keeps calling. When he places it in you, you hear it from inside. I've woken up in the middle of the night knowing what I should do. But for whatever reason, whether it be fear, whether it be anger, whether it be the person who God gave the word through, well, I don't like what they have to say. The, the, they rubbed me the wrong way because the, the preacher rubbed you the wrong way, so now you're going to rebel against the true call of God that came from their lips because you don't like them. Listen, I'm not called to everybody, right? I can't, I can't reach everybody. I like people who were like me, backslidden. In fact, one time I prayed to God, I said, God, if you can show me how to find my way out, then I'll mark the path to bring others out with me. I'm not, I don't know if my ministry is to the, the, the perfect Christians. We don't really bang like that. But the ones who've made some mistakes, yeah, we get along. I understand you. The ones who've fallen and at times felt like you couldn't get up, you had to hit that life alert button, yeah, yeah. Nah, we get down. The ones who've, who've, who've gone from here to there, all over the place, felt like you didn't know which way was up. You, you, you knew, but you, but you didn't know. You, you felt it, but you couldn't find your way. I feel like I'm called to the people who've been in the fish, who've been in the belly, the belly of the beast. Those are my folks. Because I understand your journey. I understand your path. And you can do what I started to do. In fact, for me, I told my wife, I told my friends that for 2021, this was my year of discomfort. What does that mean? It's the year that I do the things that I avoided doing because I was uncomfortable. Because everything worth doing is on the other side of comfort. If it feels good, then it doesn't make me grow, right? If, 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 it's, if it doesn't push me, if it doesn't stretch me, if it doesn't pull me, then I don't grow. I don't develop. I don't get stronger. If I went to the gym and I lifted five pound weights all day long, same reps, I'm not gonna develop any muscles. I can take pictures all day and say, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the gym working out. I, can, I, 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 went to the, I went to LA Fitness and I was walking on the treadmill. Because running was too much. I had to start slow. So I, I, I had to do my little stroll on the, 
on the treadmill and I took my, my little Insta story and, and posted it and people laughed. But I had to start where I could. But sometimes you just have to start where you, where you are. You have to come out. You have to come out of the belly. You have to come out. Doesn't matter how long you've been there. Doesn't matter if the, you thought the dream died. The dream didn't die. Whatever God speaks has life. And it's eternal. It's everlasting. So whatever he placed on you is eternal and everlasting. Whatever he's called you to do, do it now. Whoever he's called you to be, be it now. Millions are waiting for you to answer the call. People you don't even know yet are waiting for you to become obedient, to be obedient. Simple instructions. Jonah was given simple instructions, very clear. There's some clear things that you know that God wants you to do. And now is the time, in, in 2021, we can, we can be uncomfortable together, me and you. This can be our year of discomfort, where we go beyond where we've gone before, where we do things bigger and better than we've done before, where we go harder than we've ever gone, be hard, gone before, where we actually decide to follow the will of God, regardless of how afraid we are, regardless of how unqualified we think we are. I know that if God has placed it in me, that it's in me. I can't, I can't recreate the qualifications anyway. I didn't call myself. God called me. So whatever he's called me to do, he'll prepare me to do. But it starts when we step out. It starts when we move. And when we move, there's a, a song that says, when I move, you move. Just like that. And when we begin to move, God begins to move. God begins to push us. God begins to lift us just like that. You might be watching today and, and you heard the message. It resonates. And you might be in a place where you, you feel like I'm not where I should be. I don't even have to tell you that because you already know. You already know that there's some things that God placed in your heart that you have to do. There's some places he's called you to be that you've been running from. There's some things that he's, he's called you to be as a, as a man, as a woman of God, that you've been running from and you've been hiding from. And today is your day that you come out the belly. And I just want to pray for you really quickly. And I want to just seal this word. And I, and I, I, I really don't want it to, to go in one ear and out the other. Because if you really begin to answer the call of God, if you really repent and, 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 and step back into his will and follow the, the direction that he's given you, your life will change in such a dramatic way. Joy like you've never had before. Peace which passes all understanding. Life and even that more abundantly. Father God, I pray today that all those who will watch this broadcast, who are watching right now live, that you would touch them in a different way. That your word would take root in their heart. That they wouldn't be able to sleep through the storm any longer. 
that they wouldn't be able to sleep in the belly of the fish any longer, that you would allow them to repent and pray to you and cry out and surrender. Today is the day of surrender. Today is the day of surrender. Today is the day that we get out of the belly. That is my prayer, oh God. And that in all that we do, you would get glory from everything. And that it would be for our good. Do something new in our people today, oh God. And this people, do something new today. Restore the joy of their salvation and bring them out of the belly into the life and into the calling which you prepared for them from the foundations of the world. You called them. So today, let us respond to your call. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.